Welcome to another episode of Latinos Who Thrive. This week, we bring you the story of Dr. Breda Villarroel. She has an interesting story as an immigrant from Venezuela. You will hear about her life's journey and the struggles in coming to America and what it takes to have the winning mindset to being able to earn a PhD. Latinos are changing America and America is changing Latinos. Latinos Who Thrive starts right now. Dr. Villarroel, welcome to our program, Latinos Who Thrive. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, I was born in Caracas, Venezuela uh, many years ago. Um, I went to school in Venezuela and I went to school in Mexico because my parents uh, traveled. They went to Mexico to study for a um, master's degree. So I wasn't uh, like 15 years old and I went to Mexico graduate, live in Puebla, I live in Monterrey. I went to school in Monterrey, I graduated for the high school and I studied studies in communication in the area of advertising. So I went back to Venezuela and I studied um, advertising and business. And I taught in the university in Venezuela. I taught uh, public broadcasting, uh, advertising. Uh, we have a family business. So I had done the different areas of the job. How did you like uh, uh, Monterrey? Oh, I love Monterrey. I really wanted to stay there and go to the tech, Tecnológico de Monterrey. But my family moved back to Venezuela, so I had to move back. But I went back to Monterrey like uh, three years ago, and I went to La Purísima, and I had an elote con crema and Chile and all the stuff, and it was amazing. <laughs> it's the best. I used to uh, travel to Monterrey uh, every two weeks uh, for years, uh, right after the free trade agreement was signed, because I was doing consulting work uh, for a couple of companies in Monterrey. And I fell in love with the food, the culture, and just everything, the music, uh, it's a its a totally different world. It's very different than other parts of Mexico compared to Puebla. What, what was your experience? Wow, it was like I live in two different uh, countries. Uh, Puebla, the food is delicious, the people, um, the, the climb. Um, Puebla is beautiful. Puebla have uh, like more than 300 churches and it's beautiful. But Very it's colonial, isn't it? Very colonial. I have the, the uh, from my window, I, I was able to see the Popocatépetl and the Iztaccíhuatl. So it was my first experience seeing a, a volcano because in Venezuela, we don't have volcano. And so when I moved to, to Mont, and I, I got the acquired the accent also. In Monterrey? In Puebla. Oh, in Puebla? <laughs> yes. So when I moved to, and I wasn't used to the, the cold weather because in Venezuela it's, it's always hot. So when I moved to Monterrey, it was a total different Spanish, like the accent and, 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 and different words. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's kind of like the New York of Mexico. <laughs> Very fast paced. Yes, yes. But uh, it's a wonderful uh, city to study. Now, so you have a very storied background. And the reason that I'm interviewing you is because you got on my radar for recently completing your doctorate. Tell us about your drive for education. Okay, so when I moved to from the United States, um, 
I didn't speak English. So I, uh, I had my son, he was 10 years old and, and I saw advertising that they needed bilingual teachers. So I thought, well, I speak Spanish. I have, you know, part of the requirements. <laughs> so I, I went ahead and I took the classes and I, I took the test. I passed the test. Uh, as you know, English and Spanish is, as it has a lot of areas that are the same. They say that more than 40% of the uh, words in English and Spanish are related. And that's true because I passed my uh, content test without knowing completely the English. And you pass that because you know the language. So one language helps you to support the other language. And that happened in my case. So I'm approved that that's true. <laughs> so I took the test and I, I became a, a language teacher. I became a, a newcomer teacher. Okay. What does that mean as, uh, to be a newcomer teacher? Uh, a newcomer teacher is a person that teaches students that are arriving to the United States and they don't know English. They don't know the culture. So it's a, it was a beautiful job because I was able not only to teach the kids the language and the content, I was able to support the family adapting to the United, to United States. Like they didn't know what a Thanksgiving was. They, um, they didn't know that you don't call your teacher, teacher, you call them by their name. You know, the little thing that uh, people need to know to be able to adapt to the United States. Sure, because in Spanish, you call everyone maestra or maestro, right? Yes. <laughs> but you can't say teacher or so-and-so. No, but, uh, and that was something that uh, other teachers in my school, they say like, what? what? They're very disrespectful. They call me teacher, teacher. <laughs> and I say, no, that's the opposite. That is very respectful way to call somebody. So what did you notice uh, coming in as a bilingual teacher in the school system? What, what were your observations? Give us a big, big overview. My big observation was uh, the students, when they are immersed in English, uh, they tend, they forget their first language and they struggle. And they, we are, when we don't know the language, we are very good at faking that we know. So kids do that. And so I did fake that. it till you make it. Uh, you works fake in, it. In, you, in. They say, you do understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you put the face and the, is the person put a bad face or a sad face? You, you, do, you do the same, <laughs> you know? So that's what the kids were doing and nobody noticed that. And, and they, then they learn the social language and that help. And the teacher say, oh, they, they speak good English. Oh no, he's perfect. Then when they're going to take the test, they fail because they don't have the academic language and nobody told them how, is, how important it is to use your language to learn the second language. Sure, because uh, you're using different parts of your brain uh, in using social language as opposed to just academic repeating uh, words or phrases. Now, so why do you think People that are listening to our show, why is it important that parents really, really highlight education in your experience? Uh, education is the door for opportunity, right? You need to think about, okay, what can you do? What can you go and do to earn your life, to make money, to support your family? 
it's not only about being successful. It's about like having knowledge to be able to do something because we promote uh, the students to uh, go to college, but also to do technical careers. You know, it, it's knowledge for me is very important. I am a learner. Every time I can learn from somebody, I do. And everybody I can, every time I can teach something, I do. I take the opportunity. So, um, Once a teacher, always a teacher, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm embarrassed. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, so tell us, uh, what was your drive, though, in getting a PhD? You were you were crushing it, I'm sure, at your job as a bilingual teacher, helping parents, helping students. But what drove you to get a PhD? As you know, when you uh, when you have a goal and you achieve that goal, like when I became a teacher, passed all the tests, even the English test, I was like, OK, I'm done. And I had my master from Venezuela. So then, you know, there's always somebody that you find in your life that's going to push you to be better. And then I became like a team leader and an EL specialist and EL coach. So, you know, you start changing roles in your life and you can start, you start seeing things different. But to answer your question, one vacation, one time I was on vacation, I went to Florida and I, uh, one of my mom's friends, uh, she's a doctor uh, and she's a professor in different universities in, in Florida. So she asked me, Brida, you know, this university, they have these programs, what would you don't like to try? Uh, you can do it in English or Spanish, however you want. And they have uh, offering uh, scholarships. And I was like, well, I'm on vacation, you know, I already accomplished a lot of things that I want in life. So I went and I, I had the interview with the dean and they revised my credential and they accepted me in the program. So boom, that's, I was in there. And I choose uh, the business instead of the education because my background in business and I have a passion for leadership and coaching. So I did that. But the best part is this. I went back, I came back home and I, my mom uh, lived in front of me. She had her house in front of my house. <laughs> You know how Hispanic we are. Yes. <laughs> oh, two gueritos. So um, uh, I told my mom about this. Mama was, oh, wow, that's really good. And I asked her, why you didn't do it? And mama was like, what? And we did it together. That's awesome. I know. It was great. <laughs> two doctors in the family. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Now, I want to uh, go back. I want to circle back to your mindset as a as a little girl growing up in Venezuela. You come from a family that put forth uh, uh, education as being very valuable. And unfortunately, uh, in general, Latinos do not value education in the States where it's relatively inexpensive to get a full education and, and get scholarships, to get a, a complete education and rise up in, uh, in the marketplace by having the right credentials to open doors that are close to other people. What was it about your family that they put the education as being very important? 
Um, when I was uh, growing up in Venezuela, uh, education um, um, have a career. It was like a must for everybody. And if you are media class, if you are low income, it doesn't matter because in Venezuela, the education was uh, most of the universities were free. So we grew up with the mentality that you have to study. Since, since you are little, you think about, okay, what are you going to be? Um, your mom is a professor. Why are you going to be? Your uncle is a, is a doctor. We all we have people in the family that didn't go to school, but the majority, the mentality is like, you need to graduate. You need to have a career. You need to know how what you're going to do to earn your money when you grow up. You are listening to Latinos Who Thrive. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by ETC, Escalante Training and Consulting. Do you need more sales and greater productivity? For more than two decades, Victor Escalante has been training executives and companies in cultural communications, team building processes, sales competency, emotional intelligence, and project management. Find out how ETC is ready to help you by visiting their website at victorescalante.com. We now return you to Latinos Who Thrive with Dr. Breda Villarroel. In America, it's a fact that demographic that indexes the highest in education are going to be the Asians, followed by the Middle Eastern descendants. And unfortunately, Latinos are at the bottom the bottom of the uh, the scale for education. And I think uh, we need to um, make parents aware of how an education can literally change generations because uh, setting the role model, uh, earning income, climbing the uh, social status that is required in America in order for you to be able to have the more than just the basic necessities, you need an education in order to compete in the marketplace, because if you don't have that, then you're going to be relegated to a lower class uh, citizen. Yes, we know that because because uh, we read the studies. My wife and I have two children. My wife works at Lone Star College and 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 she's in the communications field. And we always encouraging our children to always earn top grades because a university career is the only thing that they're bound for. Yes, I totally agree with you. And it is, we need to start with parents. Parents need to know and see the possibility because there is a myth that people think that education here in the United States is too expensive, that you are going to get a loan, that you don't gonna be able to pay. And, and that's what I see and that's what I hear from uh, our community. When I did my uh, dissertation, I did a research for uh, self-empowerment self -empowerment of immigrant workers. And, and the idea was to see how the mentality about how to empower their, their self was and how through training and knowledge, they can change their mentality to see that they can do it. What was the conclusion of your study? Well, I use a, a Zimmerman uh, self-empowerment theory and it has three different aspects. It's the interpersonal, the, the uh, behavioral, and, and the 
um, educational part. And the interpersonal was uh, after the, the training that was specific for that population, the, the level went up. Like, yes, I feel good. I feel good because I have the knowledge. And when you have the knowledge, you feel, you feel capable to do something. Uh, the only part that I didn't, uh, I didn't see the changes was in the behavioral because that needs to be measured a long term. Sure. Now, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and give us an education on the cost of education in the States? Uh, there's, so you brought out the myth that it's too expensive. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us some what the research shows? Or, or avenues of studying that, that are not going to kill you, but you do need to make an investment in yourself. But yes, we, you do need to make an investment and also know there are uh, scholarships that you can apply. And if you do the math, like for a, a young um, boy or girl that wants to go and work for uh, $10 an hour or, or $8, $8 an hour, right? Instead of invest, instead of spending twenty hours a week earning that seven dollar, that would be one hundred and forty dollars a week. You can spend that time searching for a scholarship, doing an application, um, writing your papers, and that you can earn more, more, more than that. You can find a scholarship for five thousand dollar, for ten thousand dollar, for, and that's something that a lot of people. Don't know. And there are a lot of scholarships out there that go unclaimed, aren't there? Yes. The students, they have to invest, I mean, the family have to invest the time researching and writing the papers and, and getting prepared for that. And the long term, that's going to pay more. But when they start making those $10 a, a, an hour, they use their time for a, a, a work, uh, and they invest that time in a job that is not going to take them to sex. Correct. Dr. Villarroel, I'm sure that you're very well read. And I'm sure that uh, you've had your own struggles in life, uh, and you've overcome them. So tell us what struggles have you had to overcome to get to where you're at? Because people looking at you would say, well, of course, she's a doctor, she's very intelligent, she she's had an easy life. But behind the, the degree, a lot of people don't know the struggle. So tell us, what have been some of the struggles that you've had to overcome? Uh, you know, I moved here to the United States uh, thinking that I would be here for a year. And I wanted to learn English. And I thought, like, oh, when things get better in Venezuela, I'm going to go back. And that was 21 years ago. And I... I cannot go back to Venezuela either, even if I want, because things hasn't changed over there. They are they're worse. Yes, so, it's uh, a shame uh, what we see happening in Venezuela. And, and Houston has a very large population of Venezuelans. Uh, I'm sure you heard of the term Catiesuela. Maybe you even live there. No, I live <laughs> in New Kenny. <laughs> we have so many people from Venezuela that came over here because of the oil industry. And and many decided to stay. So, Dr. Villarroel, uh, tell us uh, what are your uh, five tips to succeed in life that that you have lived through or you strive uh, to live uh, with in uh, reaching and always scaling up uh, your achievements. Five tips. 
Okay. The first one is to be positive. Why is it important? Because negative can uh, lead you to stop uh, working. It can lead you to feel bad. It, so the opposite, negative, positive. So you have to be positive, like believe, believe that you can do I call so that stinking thinking. If if you suffer from stinking thinking, you're never going to do anything in life. Yeah. And don't be around those people. Yes. <laughs> they contaminate you. Yeah. Trust, trust in God, okay. you know, and open your ear because I'm here because he had a plan for me. Even when I was teaching English, when I was learning English. So God has a plan. Let me stop you there, because that's a very interesting concept. Uh, God does have a plan for everyone. So how did you discover yours? I learned to listen. You know, I was uh, working in an accounting company. I was making $14 an hour. I was miserable. I, I didn't like that job at all here in Houston. And I always ask God, give me a sign at the phone ring. And they offered me a teacher A position for $4 and 30 cents. So people listening to us would think you were crazy by leaving a job where you were earning 14 to go work at four. When I had, I was on the phone, I said, oh, four dollars and 30 cents. But I have a master. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have a master. So it's going to be four dollars (laughs) fifty. Okay. (laughs) And I resigned and I say, you know, I need to trust God and I need to trust in myself. So I work in that job that I learned how the educational system works uh, for uh, four months only. And then I pass my test and I apply for a teaching job that makes a lot of more money. than that. <laughs> but you had to have some sort of plan going into this, right? You had some sort of plan or were you blindly trusting no. God to lead you? I trust in God and I check my finances to see how long I could survive okay. with that $4. Yeah, so I did Be- my math. Because you were investing in that that opportunity. That that was not handed to you. You were you put your own uh, lack of income uh, that you were losing yes. by going to work for less income than what you were earning. Yes. Right? And I made myself like I wasn't like when you feel like, oh, I can do it. You don't grow. Right. Yes. You need to feel. Yes. The, the, the like el reto. Comfort and happiness. Uh, only makes us miserable because we have nothing more to strive for. People that think that they will be happy when they marry the right person, when they have the right job, when they succeed in in business. No, it's it's the journey. It's the journey that you get to savor the little wins. Uh, Even uh, very famous people, they think that they're going to reach happiness when they reach a certain milestone. And they don't. They discover that uh, the happiness was all along the journey to get there. Yeah. Happiness is today. That's why you have to be positive, trusting God. All right. Two down. Give us a third one. Um, keep your family. Family is, is important for me. <laughs> why is having your family important uh, in your rise to success? Because my family support me. You know, and you know, you can have family that don't support you. So in my case, I kept my family because they 
not only because I love them, it's because we have a system of support. Um, I was the first one moving here. Uh, my sister moved here. She's an assistant principal now. My brother moved here. He's an EL coach specialist. Um, my mom moved and my stepdad moved here too. So we all are like person of, uh, we reach for success. We reach for support each other. So I think your family is important. That is great to have that support system and everyone having the same mindset that, uh, that you need to keep striving and you need to keep going. Okay. Give us another one. Okay. The other one. Trust in God. Have, have your uh, family support. Give us another one. Mm -hmm. uh, learn. Learn? Mm -hmm. Be a le constant learner. Constant learner. Why is because, that important? You know, learn only language. Learn um, learn about people. Learn uh, because you don't learn. It's going to be wasting your life. You know? <laughs> it's a waste of time. So learning is going to help you to not only help you, it's going to help people around you, like your kids. And, and So tell us another final tip that people need to follow in, in order to thrive. Have time for yourself. What does that mean? That means that you need to learn when it's time to rest so you don't quit. Okay, very good. Dr. Villarroel, is there a book uh, that you are writing? Is there a book in the works? No, it is not. But uh, uh, I work with a, a consultant, Dr. Jacobo Donato, mm -hmm. uh, and a group of consultants. And we are thinking about putting something together for uh, language acquisition and, and supporting the students uh, learning English and also uh, keeping their language. Is there anything that you guys are doing in the, the school system where you work at that is innovative and is being recognized locally, statewide, or nationally? Uh, with uh, uh, the consultant that I work with, Dr. Jacobo Donato, we work with cross-linguistic connection teaching. Uh, we work with like five different school districts uh, working with uh, cross-linguistic connection. That's great. And that's basically what teaching teacher how to work with the student to create the uh, language awareness and the cross-linguistic awareness. Given what you told us uh, about the lack of awareness in teachers and, and some of the, the uh, students that are not bilingual, that, that, are, uh, that are coming in as immigrants, I can see the value in, in educating uh, teachers on the norms of these people, how their mindset is different in terms of just little nuances of behavior and, and communication. Yes, and I also work with a, a reading academy, a Texas reading academy. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And every teacher have to go through the reading academy. Um, it's a state mandate. So I work with teachers uh, supporting them to go successfully go through the reading academy. That's with new awesome. Kenya ISD, yes. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Villarroel, uh, we want to thank you for visiting us, and we'll have to keep uh, tabs on you to have you back if we see you uh, scaling to a whole nother level. Thank you so much for the invitation, for the time. It was fun to talk to you, and, and thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you.